And I think that's where confidence really gets built is building trust in ourselves to say, okay, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. This is going to be really scary. And then to look back on it and be proud of yourself and be like, I did that. I can do this, this thing next. That's feeling really uncomfortable and get there. And it's, it's going to work out. And like, feel like we have to intentionally get ourselves out of that comfort bubble to build that self-trust and that confidence. Otherwise we will stay um, in that place that we're not truly happy, but we feel like that's all there is. Hey guys, welcome to the High Vibe Minute podcast. Before we get to the magic of this week's episode, Kelsey and I are putting on a raffle for our Patreon members exclusively at patreon.com slash highvibe. Anyone who joins our Patreon in the month of September will be entered to win a copy of Kelsey's new book, My Pocket Guide to Manifestation, as well as a month inside my Align Your Mind membership, which gives you hypnosis, audios, tools, and resources to help you reach the next level of your success and abundance and really rewire your mind for anything. So go join our Patreon at patreon.com slash high vibe and get entered to win. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another awesome episode of High Vibe Knit. We are really excited to speak to Miss Helen today because it hasn't lined up the last couple of times. We finally got her here. It's happening. Conversation's going to be magical. We don't even know what it's going to be about yet. We're just flowing in real time. (laughs) But to introduce you guys to Helen, if you don't already know who she is, Helen Denham helps women heal at a subconscious level so they can initiate radical change from a place of peace. We love that. She's also the host of the Lifted podcast, which Lindsay has been on. So you should go check out that episode. And she is a mentor and guide for women. So Helen, thanks for being here. Oh, thank you, Kelsey. I'm so happy I get to meet you. And Lindsay, it's good to see you. So we'll just hang out. I'm so happy to be here. I know. This is going to be fun. (laughs) Okay. I talk a lot. So I was really trying not to talk through that whole thing. And it was hard. (laughs) But Helen, I'm so happy to see you and your... I love that you're wearing black. I'm wearing black and it seems like it's very meant to be. Let's mm-hmm. talk about real quick how you kind of got into what you're doing. I know that everybody's story is so uh, nuanced and unique and just deep. So I love getting this story in the beginning of the episode. Um, what brought you to this chair today <laughs> in your That's life? That's a great question. <laughs> I love that question too, you know, because you get so much from just asking somebody like how they got to, you know, this very moment. But you know what, I think it goes back to my exit in a way from the entertainment industry and like this kind of hustle, hustle, hustle mentality in New York City, where I lived for eight years working in music and trying to pursue modeling and all these things. And it was just something that I felt like I should do. And I should fit in that container in a way. And at some point it just started to feel like I was suffocating and, Mm. um, my self-esteem was really low. I wasn't uh, making the progress that I wanted to see. And, um, I was just getting frustrated with that. And so I, it actually started to happen around, like I went through a big breakup and kind of my first love ending and everything. And I, I thought like, you know, who am I without this person? And, And I got to take a look at my whole life in general to say, am I really happy with what's going on here? Or would I like to feel a little differently? I just realized how like kind of timid, I guess I was without him. And so I went to Thailand on a solo trip and stayed in Chiang Mai and Pai for a month. And 
during that stay, it wasn't really touristy season. So those of us that were there really got to feel into the community of Thailand and, and feel into how they really lived. And it was such a different way of being. And there were so many beautiful monasteries around and nature walks and just a completely different pace. So I found myself just kind of hanging out a lot at monasteries and getting to know honestly, the monks that were there and in Thailand, it's, um, it's kind of a rite of passage. Like every young man is a monk for a certain amount of time. So it's ingrained in their culture to cultivate this sense of peace throughout their entire life because they start, you know, they start young and it just completely changed my perspective on life and my desires and my pillars and my values. And, um, how I wanted to return to New York and how I wanted to feel. So when I got back, I just started to look for places that were meditation studios, started to work with InScape Meditation, which was this awesome little spot in the Flatiron District. And as as a, as somebody who worked there, we were facilitators, but we weren't actually leading the meditations. It was this setup that was audio guided. So we'd be in these kind of interesting, like one space was called the dome and the other was like this, almost like tree sanctuary in the city. It was funny, but the facilitators would literally just sit there with the students that were coming in just to hold space for them. And then it would be audio guided. So as facilitators, we'd be going through meditations five times a day. So we were, we weren't even teaching. We were just meditating for five hours a day. So I felt like I came back into uh, some kind of iteration of a monk training and really got to get familiar with stillness and really deeply go inward. So it was that, and I just started to trickle away from, from the scene that I'd been in and just took a different lens on making music as something that could be healing and didn't have to be like, let's get famous and become a pop star. It was like, let's make music because it feels good. And, um, just, just regulating my nervous system, moving through all of my, you know, mental health issues with meditation and mindfulness. And I just, full on went student mode. And then I guess it just let out from there. You know, I ended up moving out of the city to Topanga, um, in Los Angeles, but it's like a little mountain mountain village in Los Angeles and, and started my own business a few years ago, um, all focused on this. So that's my long winded explanation of, you know, kind of my exit out of that mentality into this one, I guess. So your, your entrance was an exit. So many of our uh, guests have that same story. And I feel like even Kelsey and I have that to some extent, like you must be exiting the way you were in order to enter into the way you want to be. What mountain area are you talking about? Because the only one I could think of is Silver Lake. (laughs) Yeah, it's really not there. So it's uh, Topanga is this really cool. Oh, Topanga. Yeah, Did you say Topanga? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, I used to drive Topanga every single day, Topanga Canyon. And it is, it is a thing. Have you it's ever driven Topanga Kells? No. She's from C- San Diego. So I just oh, didn't yes. know if maybe like you just drove up one day. But yeah, Topanga is, it was, ugh. My only <laughs> reference of Topanga is the girl from Boy Meets World. That Topanga. was like the first thing that came oh, to mind Topanga. when you said that's where you're from. I have. Topanga is, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a state park. It's interesting. Mm. It's like, so there's all this green space and all these hiking trails. Like, so you have this access to the city and the ocean, but you're in a protected yeah. landscape. So it's just, it's, it's just really nature centered. Sounds it's perfect. Beautiful. And it's really <laughs> weird that it's right there. It's kind of like how I feel about Central Park, like in the middle of the biggest city is just this beautiful like oasis. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember zooming out of LA on the map and I saw this big green space like next to the ocean. I was like, what is this? And then I uh, found out that Lacey Phillips who runs to be magnetic. I don't know if you guys are familiar mm-hmm. with her, but she mm-hmm. lives there. And I thought, you know, maybe I'll just go for a week and just check it out. Cause I had, I've been on a big cross country road trip that took me like two months to get across to the, to California from New York. And I thought, well, I'll just stay here for a week and then go back to New York city, but just take a break and go camping and do all these things. And I just fell in love with it. And I stayed for the last uh, two years. So what I wish for everyone listening is to find something they love and just decide to keep doing it. Like, how cool is that, that you were like, I like this. This is, this is lighting me up inside. I think I'll, I think I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) How in it, you know, I would only assume it's, you didn't come out of the womb like that, or maybe we did, but we just learned the opposite. And we have to come back to that just giving ourselves permission to do the thing we want to do, man. It sounds so simple, but it's like one of the hardest things that we can do is do what we want. I think we get trained out of it because there's like this blueprint for how life should be in our society, right? Like the steps that will lead you to success. Go to school, get good grades, go to college, get a job, work nine to five, blah, blah, blah. Get married, have kids. Yeah, it's like- (laughs) Who says there's one blueprint when there's billions of different people and everyone has their own soul blueprint and their own purpose and their own work-life balance and their own everything, their own passions, their own talents, their own gifts. Like it doesn't make sense that there's a one size fits all when people are so unique, right? So then we get brainwashed into like, oh, I think I'll try this because I don't really know myself because they told me this is what I should want and this is what I should do. And then you have to unlearn. (laughs) so you can really learn and I think that's where the meditation and the stillness comes in is so you can hear yourself and feel yourself and know what you like and what you want and what a stark contrast where in Thailand they're literally like trained first before anything let's find some peace (laughs) like day one let's find some peace imagine how different America or really a lot of these first world countries would feel if they were taught that first which is not it's it's yeah. the last thing you're taught if you know to search it out. <laughs> like only if you have that knowing that maybe I should figure this out because ain't nobody going to teach me this. I got to teach myself or find somebody who knows. So it's yeah. just, it's such a, such a big difference. And how cool it is that you were able to see, oh my gosh, there's another way of being that is beautiful and comfortable. And I, I wish that on everybody in their own way to yeah. find whatever it is they need that brings them that peace. Totally. And I think the biggest thing, which we briefly touched on was that America is extremely status driven. Everything that I was doing was like, how can I be more popular? How can I be more desirable? All these things, a lot for the male gaze as well. And this experience traveling was much more about unity, consciousness and existence that, uh, you know, we exist as a collective and we're not in competition and we're not you know, it's an American concept, you know, I think that we've got it a little backward here. And so it was definitely a shift of being, um, you know, just about me as an individual to being of service. So it completely shifted my brain around how I want to show up in the world and to just be of service and, and to really get down to it. You know, I think as young women, especially when we grow up with all these tabloids, it's like pushed into our heads that we need to, of course, look a certain way, but also like that fame is something to crave and to right. chase and to go after. And you're not there until you made it big. At least that was in my mind, especially being interested in the arts. 
And it was, that was the unlearning for me was like, this is not what it's about. And when you actually look at people who are under, uh, you know, a tele, uh, microscope like that, that is just, it's like torture to be honest. Yes. And I think that's becoming more and more apparent now as people are being more transparent about what fame is really like in that level of attention. And, you know, I just realized I wanted to be safe and I wanted to be happy. And so figuring out what that, the deepest answers there were like, how do I feel safe? Where do I feel the happiest? How can I cultivate that more? Um, and that really led me to, to much more happiness than uh, status did. Word. Yeah. I think especially <laughs> yes. it's interesting that you ended up in LA when you were like on your anti-status mission. <laughs> it's well, kind of I like ironic. Never, it is ironic, but I was almost never in the city because I wanted mm. access to it. But Topanga, like if you've driven through it, it's like one boulevard that goes from the ocean, like the Malibu ocean line into the valley. So you could live your whole life in Topanga and never go into the city and still be yep. in LA weirdly. Mm, like, so my it. trips were North. It was like, I would only go into like Santa Monica and Venice and, uh, you know, maybe some parties here and there if I really felt like a kick to do it. But otherwise I'd be going to big Sur and Joshua tree and Yosemite on camping trips. And that's what I really loved about California. Uh, was that central access, but I'm with you. No, I'm like, now I'm back in, I'm actually in Maine right now. Um, deciding where I want, how I want to toggle between Maine and New York city, because I feel like at this point, it's like quality of life over everything. Like that mm -hmm. fresh air is like non-negotiable for me anymore. So it's figuring out that, that harmony as well. Yeah. I like that you yeah. said that. Cause I'm always not pushing it but reminding people that quality of life is the most yeah. important thing because like personally for me I've been suicidal so anyone who's been suicidal can tell you that quality of life is number one if you don't mm -hmm. have quality of life you don't even want to live period that is crazy because people make it so much about survival especially during the pandemic right like oh the most important thing is to survive no, it's actually not. That's actually not our number one priority. The most important thing to us is quality of life, which is why we do this show, which is why we do this work, which is why we want to bring light and healing to the world. Because without quality of life, we have nothing. <laughs> it's so much better <laughs> to focus yeah. on building quality and finding out what that means to you. And I think your story is a really beautiful demonstration of you you know, exploring to see what brings the most quality to your life and what lights you up the most. I'm with you, Kelsey. And thank you for saying that because I think like the, the fact that you were suicidal, I was too, is very common. And all these mm -hmm. taboo subjects that we're not talking about are starting to be talked about a lot more. And I really appreciate that because it brings visibility to something that is so hard and so isolating for most people that to talk about it, I think is really important and to be examples of, uh, the other side, uh, cause there are two people right now that have been, you know, this close to death and we changed our lives and I'm, I'm really happy. I can honestly really say that. I feel like my affirmation now every morning is I live in heaven on earth. And I've really started to believe that when I look outside, I'm like, this is heaven on earth. Life is really, mm -hmm. really good. And I just, I would never have believed that that was even possible as an 18 or 20 year old. Like, and right. it's just amazing what can change. Teens are hard. Young <laughs> adulthood sucks in some yeah. ways. <laughs> Cause that, that was like when I went through my most depressive episode, first spiritual awakening too, was like in 17 to 21. 
it, it was a little rough. So any youngins listening out there, if you're going through yeah. a tough time, just know that it can get better. It gets better. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I definitely had a, I was never, uh, that I can remember, I was never suicidal. I do have a lot of those around me that have been. And, you know, as some of the listeners will know, there are some childhood stories of like me having to stop certain parents from doing <laughs> certain things uh to themselves and so I grew up around this idea of like protect 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 from a very very young age so I don't think I even I mean for whatever reason it just it never it never occurred to me um but when I had my situation when I was like 19 I was like I don't want to be here and that was Michigan I don't want to be here I don't want to marry this guy I don't want to have just have kids and live in a small town and do I knew I was not I was not living my <laughs> purpose and so I just, I just effed off to California. <laughs> That's what I did. Oh. I was like, I can't figure out my life. I'm just going to go to California. I was 20 years old. I didn't know which way was up or what anything was. Nothing made sense. But I was like, I found roommates online. I got an apartment with a student loan that I got out. And I was like, I'm going to figure it out. I will figure it out. And you know what? I figured it out because I've, you know, that's the great thing about trauma, <laughs> I guess, is that it allows you to figure stuff out on your own because you really, you know, that's, you, you are your only, not your only, but you are your strongest supporter at the end of the day, hopefully. And when you can find that relationship with yourself and know like, no matter what, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out and be happy. Maybe I won't be happy every day, but I'm going to do my best to be happy for as many days as I can and whatever that means for you. And I think for the hard, the hardest part for people is when you grow up in a society where you're constantly being told what's good for you, what you should like, what you should want, what you should do, where do you start to figure out what you like? You know what I mean? And I think that that is, we are all three of us and a lot of the listeners, hopefully really good testaments to like, if you want it, you can have it. There's a way to get whatever you want. You just need to figure out what it is you want. And there's no wrong answer there. It's just giving yourself permission to ask the dang question in the, in the first place. Hey, Lindsay here. Have you seen what's new inside my Align Your Mind membership? Members already get instant access to my best hypnotherapy audios, mindset hacks, manifesting methods, and more on demand right at their fingertips. But now when you join AYM, you'll also get a major VIP level upgrade with my brand new goal-focused hypnotherapy toolkits. These toolkits inside AYM are carefully curated hypnotherapy bundles designed with your specific goals in mind. Whether you desire to call in more money consistently, get out of the mindset rut that you're in, renew your passion and confidence, manifest with more ease and power, cultivate more self-love and inner knowing, or finally release the burdens from your past and heal, once your subconscious mind is on board with your goal, it's a done deal, and that's what my toolkits are designed to do for you. So if you're ready to rewire your mind, release what's holding you back, and manifest your desires with ease, the AYM membership is where it's at. Just hit the link in the episode description and start embodying your highest potential. Yeah. And what I love about your story, Lindsay, too, is you had the courage to take a leap of faith and you went for it. And I think that's where confidence really gets built is building trust in ourselves to say, okay, totally. I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. This is going to be really scary. And then to look back on it and be proud of yourself and be like, I did that. I can do this, this thing next. That's feeling really uncomfortable and get there. And it's, yeah. it's going to work out. And like, I feel like we have to intentionally get ourselves out of that comfort bubble to build yeah. that self-trust and that confidence. Otherwise we will stay 
um, in that place that we're not truly happy, but we feel like that's all there is, but there is something else. We just have to be yeah, you know, and brave and enough I, to do it. Mm-hmm. I just, I do want to point out as well, like a little bit of a, of a perspective shift when it comes to getting out of your comfort zone, when it comes to giving yourself permission to do the hard thing and figure out what you want and what you, what would fulfill you. What a gift that our ancestors never had. Like, I can't not think about that because I'm so into like ancestral work and just genealogy and, and everything involving like everyone who came before me and before us. Generations of women who never thought about themselves because they couldn't. Generations of men whose only job was to protect their family. Who cares how I'm feeling? Who cares about my emotions, right? Like, what a gift we're given right now to just figure out why we're upset, (laughs) (laughs) why we don't like what's going on, what a gift that is. And then when you know that, or when you're asking those questions, like, wow, this is what our ancestors wanted, this right here, and we get to live it. So yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's painful. Yeah, it hurts sometimes. But oh my God, what a beautiful gift we are given. And why wouldn't you do it at that point? You know what I mean? Sorry, I'll get down Don't off my soapbox. So, it's a great so thought. I was, I got real passionate for a second. It's also <laughs> like the age we're in the age of Aquarius, which is which is like the breaker of chains. Kelsey's um, so Aquarius, so she's doing it. <laughs> oh, yeah. yes. my fiance and I are just really passionate about the age of Aquarius. So every time someone says age of the Aquarius, I hear the song. Age she just sings of Aquarius. It. So I was just <laughs> dancing in my head to that song. Yes. <laughs> I think it makes sense that a lot of us feel like black sheep in the family mm-hmm. as well. And I just interviewed an astrologer, um, Ocean, who's awesome. She was just talking about when we're looking at Saturn returns, noticing where Saturn is in your chart. And my Saturn is in Aquarius, which is like, you know, breaker of change is the reason why I feel like the black sheep. But for, for those listening, if you want to look up, you know, where Saturn falls in your chart, mm-hmm. that's where you're being called to explore your biggest soul lesson and experience kind of the most discomfort intentionally to grow and to break those ancestral patterns. I think this is like evolution. We're experiencing evolution right before our eyes, like really fast. So yeah, it's, it is different, but that's a good perspective to, to keep in mind, like what a blessing it is that we get to do the, you know, exploration and the work, um, or we, we don't have to, if you are feeling fine at a nine to five job, great, but you, there are a lot of options. Mm Mm-hmm. There's so many options and it, and you at least ask the question of, do I want to explore those? If the answer is no, wonderful. If the answer is yes, wonderful. Like you get to decide that we never, there, there are people who never really got to decide that. And I always, I always want to think about that because I could easily get stuck in my own bubble of like, oh, it's too hard, you know, because <laughs> it is, it is hard no matter what being a human is hard, but like we have so many more options. And I think it's important to recognize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's the the simple beauty of gratitude as well. That is like one of the best tools I feel like just for raising yeah. our vibration and feeling happier. It's like, what are we grateful for? And we start to realize like how good life really is. Um, you know, that's where the choice comes in. I think either we can make a list of what's going wrong and what we can complain about, or we can start to take a look at what, what's going really well. What are we proud of ourselves for? What are we looking forward to? Which is part of my, you know, morning practice now is to just do simple gratitude, simple, I am statements, and then future self scripting and getting into that feeling of it already happening and feeling gratitude in advance for how great life is even about to get. Word. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a fun game. Let's do a gratitude roundtable. I was just going to say that. 
Oh, you read my mind. We're always doing roundtables. Well, especially on the Patreon. So we do extended yeah. episodes every week and we usually get real casual on the Patreon and go into some stories and Cash. stuff. But um, I think it'd be fun to do it now. Why not? We're on the topic of gratitude. Gratitude something that helped pull me out of my depressive mm-hmm. episode and like help me become this teacher. And I really do believe that it just raises your vibration so quickly and efficiently. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the ultimate, not bypass, but it is a hack for sure. <laughs> a vibrational hack. So yeah. let's start. Uh, Lindsay, I'm going to pick on you I and then we'll it. go Helen and then I'll go next. Well, since I'm in the topic of, of ancestral stuff, which everybody knows I love, I am for one going to be grateful that I will never be a slave if somebody raids my village and takes me. <laughs> Okay. That's a good At least, one. <laughs> as far as I know, right? As far as we know, knock on wood, it's never, it's not even a possibility. All my children are healthy. I don't have to die giving birth. I mean, I know that it's still very risky, but I was very, I'm grateful that I never had to deal with that. Just, you know, living now, there's a lot of problems. My biggest thing is that, you know what? <laughs> I'm healthy. My family's healthy. And I know it's probably because I have a lot of past lives where my family wasn't healthy. Like that's a huge thing for me. So it's one of the very first things I always go to, like the simple matter of like, I get to wake up and see my kids every single day and decide what to do for fun every single day because we don't have to constantly be working in the fields for food. Yes. I know I went super existential, but that was really deep, but I liked it super deep, but like, we got to recognize that stuff. It hasn't always been easy and that's still in your DNA. It's still there. So it's important to acknowledge it and recognize that, oh my gosh, it gets to be so much better today. Mm -hmm. I love that. You guys go now. No, that's so good. That's just (laughs) really good perspective to have. I Similarly, I'm grateful for, especially the women in my family, they have, all of them have really amazing green thumbs. So they've been teaching Mm -hmm. me about the indigenous plants we have around and gardening. And we all spent the day like weeding together and and my sisters and I, and it was like so cathartic to like put my phone down and just like get my hands in the earth for a little while. And I'm just really grateful for the pace that I'm at all of a sudden. I, I just moved out of kind of a chaotic environment into like this big breath of fresh air. So I'm really grateful for a new chapter and for the well-being of my family and for um, a reconnection to nature, honestly, and, and just like a bright, brighter future, I feel like. So I'm feeling optimistic and, and deeply grateful for that and community and the teachers that we have access to now. Like, I feel like if I ever want to learn anything, we've got everything available to us. If I want to learn, you know, hypnosis, I can go to Lindsay or, you know, if I want to learn quantum healing or anything, like it's just, we have a wealth of knowledge all around us. So, which really um, gets my Gemini moon going (laughs) like knowledge. Yes. So that's me. Mm -hmm. Yay. Congrats on living an awesome life. Happy for you. Sounds (laughs) amazing. Happy for us. Look at how far we've come. I love this. (laughs) Let's see for me. I'm really grateful that recently I have a lot more space. I uh, Similarly, I'm coming out of a very busy, intense, pressure-filled season. And I'm very thankful to not be in that and to be on the other side of that and just have space and time. Like I have an abundance of time. I have an abundance of freedom and abundance of creativity. And I'm just living for it right now. 
Um, and top of mind, I was just in Miami this weekend and it was so fun. And every single moment of every day, I was like, I'm living my best life. Ever. And I was like eating all the best food. And I was just at the beach, soaking up the sun. And I was with the love of my life. And we were having so much fun. And I was just like, this is everything. And it was so funny because while we were flying there, Jeff was like closing all these deals at his work because I've been doing a lot of money meditation manifesting work on the side, which this always happens every time. So I haven't been working as much or as hard, but I just kind of didn't give it to him. But I was like, we can have more money come in through him. He's working. He's in the hustle mode. That's cool. And so as we we're flying there, he was closing all these deals, making all these commissions. I was like, we need to go on vacation more often. Like, this is great. Everything was just flowing. I was having I was having so many good ideas. And oh my gosh, it was just a time. So I'm really just thankful to be alive and have such an awesome life, honestly. Kelsey, <laughs> real quick, that. you bring up such an amazing point because we always think, even the best of us, always think that I can't have fun until this happens or I can't be whatever until this happens. But isn't it funny, heavy sarcasm here, how once you start having fun, things happen. It's not the other way around, but we think it is. We always think it is. Even though we do this work and we talk to people every day who have the same stories, in the back of our minds, we still, it's so deeply ingrained that I must do this before I can do this. We must have money before we go on a trip. We must, you know, whatever. Just have fun and see what happens because 99% of the time, the doors will open to your manifestations when you start being the thing that you're hoping to get when you get the manifestations. Yeah. And it was fun because it was kind of like a spontaneous trip. I mean, I've been having the urge to go to Miami for a while because I had only been for like a day one time when I was younger going on a cruise. But um, Jeff's little brother was playing a football game there. And so we went for the game and then we were like, oh, let's, you know, extend our stay, make a little vacation out of it. And oh, my gosh, love a good impromptu vacation. (laughs) That's amazing. So, yeah, grateful. Very, very Mm -hmm. grateful. Yeah. And to your point, Lindsay, like feeling, feeling really good before we even have it, I think is so key because what we're even like calling in and whatever we're manifesting usually is just about a feeling. Mm -hmm. Like, how do we want to feel? Like if I want to make a lot of money, it's really that feeling of safety and freedom that I really want. So how can I activate safety and freedom now? Well, I can go, I love camping. I love, that makes me feel really free. I get off the grid. I leave my phone behind. I see the most beautiful places in nature and that fulfills it. So I actually leave that hustle mentality behind and then it's, then it's just more fun. And then I call in money because I'm just in a great mood. Yes. Mm -hmm. Whatever you want, whoever's listening. I always talk to the listeners like every time I'm like talking directly to them, but whatever you want, just have fun. You know what I mean? It's a brilliant question to ask. So easy. What is the feeling that I'm going for and how can I embody it and get into that space now? And also another question you can ask from the reverse side of the coin is what's stopping me from feeling yeah. this way? And don't say it's because you don't have your manifestation. That is such a cop out. I you know what it's going to be every time. <laughs> you know, it, yeah, you know really be, be honest with yourself. Like what is stopping me from feeling this way? And usually it's like, yourself. 99% of the time, it's some conditional way of living yeah. that you're practicing where I'm not going to let myself feel this until this because you're using your feelings as carrot on a stick motivation, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just, I've never really seen that work for people in the long term. <laughs> no. And well, it doesn't even like, feel good at the time. Like it, no. it, it doesn't even feel good. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I think that requires like 
big time self-honesty and self-responsibility and self-reliance, which can be sometimes difficult to admit that maybe there could have been more done or, oh, I could have been feeling good all along, but that's okay. That's where like the compassion comes into the work and we get to be gentle with ourselves. And then I think, you know, people sometimes when we're setting goals, it's, it's really frustrating to set a goal that's like five years out because it seems unattainable. So I always tell my clients, just let's just start with like, how do you want to feel this week? What can you do this week or today that would feel better? Like just one step in front of the other. It does not need to be some big five-year plan. You can have that idea in mind, but if we just, you know, the threshold for people really getting goals achieved is usually three to six months. Like that's really mm-hmm. as far out as it typically works for people, which seems a lot more manageable because we're like, oh, three months is not that far along. I can definitely, you know, launch a podcast in three months, or I can definitely, you know, save money for a trip, mm-hmm. or I can definitely like get my, my fitness in shape in that much time. But if you s- extend it to a year, it's just too big. So that seems to have helped me too with like manifesting requires the law of action. So how can we like harness yes. that? So it's more, it's easier to, to feel into. Okay, I have a quick update for you guys. There are a few spots left for the October 12th through 17th Radical Self-Love Retreat, which is coming up so quick. I'm super excited. So if you want to participate in a week full of activations, upgrades, luxury, and play in Mexico, join us. We're going to visit a private beach, ride ATVs, have Reiki performed on us, pull all the cards, do a bunch of healing work, eat yummy, yummy food, hang by the pool, and so much more. Don't forget, you save $500 when you come with a friend. And I have to say that this might be one of the last ones because I'm thinking of shifting focus to couples retreats next. So if you don't want to miss out on this retreat, now's your time. Visit kelseyaida.com slash retreat to apply today. Thank you. We say that a lot on the podcast. Yeah, we say that a lot on the podcast that you need, you also need to take action. Like I would hate for anybody to listen to us and be like, so does that mean I just wish it? <laughs> you know, like, no, no, I don't think we've ever said that. We would never say that. You also do, you need action. But what is the action? How does the action feel is really, really important as well. Well, and mm-hmm. also as I'm looking at the word in a new way for the first time from someone who's written the word manifesting manifestation probably a billion times so far in my career, I'm just thinking about what we're saying and looking at the man part. Why would it have man in it if we weren't supposed to like get down and dirty in the physical and like use our bodies to help bring forth these things? It would be like energy festing instead of like manifesting, you know? (laughs) I think maybe it's coming from, I don't know. Now I'm interested to see the entomology of the the, uh, word. Yeah, manifesting. I don't know why I feel like it has something to do with hands. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Manos. Yeah. But yes, very good point. Like that's we such gotta, a good point. It's yeah. a co-creative process with the universe. It's not wishing and then it dropping in your lap. Like if that happens, tell me what you're doing because that has that is just not the way. Uh, it's a co-creative process. You also have to take action. And wouldn't you want to? Like people in general are very action, three D physically driven anyway. And in fact, the problem usually is doing too much. <laughs> So to swing the other way and be like, I'm just not going to do anything. <laughs> Have very, you guys noticed that people literally want to do nothing? 
this is like a, this is like a movement that's spreading like people don't want to work people I don't have... want to try people don't want to put effort like I'm trying to wrap my head around like okay so if you're not doing any of those things like how do you want to spend your time like do you think money is going to fall from the sky and you're just going to live your best life on a yacht like I don't understand <laughs> that can only yeah. last that can only be fun for so long yeah mm -hmm. it, and again I would ask them well what what does that feel like doing nothing? What is the feeling you're trying to get to? Because it's not doing nothing. It's the feeling you get when you think you're going to get it by doing nothing. You know, it's usually probably peace and freedom and free time. Well, you can have that and still do stuff and you're going to want to. I totally agree. Like nobody is going to be satisfied doing nothing. Doing what you want would be nice. I think that a lot of people want that. But doing nothing? Helen, mm -hmm. have you observed this? what are your what are your thoughts on it yeah i think for so long we've all been completely over simulated so yeah. it's like it's just like so much busyness and all of a sudden when the pandemic hit this is when i just started seeing it you know when we started to not have to go into the office and people all of a sudden got an opportunity to say who am i and what do i really want and am I a cog in the machine or am I not? And do I want to leave this or what is my life going to look like? And so we, we entered this phase of personal autonomy. I think that we haven't seen before because we've been in a machine for so long. And I think people needed rest in the first year there. I think we needed a collective exhale together. Yeah. And now it's like, people are trying to figure out, well, how can I show up again in a purpose-driven way in a world that I don't recognize anymore? And a lot of people's lives have changed and we're all now going back to work or people that work nine to five or, you know, New York city is like, you have to go back into the office this week. Like you have to. And I think when people got that sense of freedom, it was such a big exhale from the life of working like a machine for so long that the idea of going back is painful to think about. So I think this, the bigger question is like, how are we most authentically of service and where can we find that really deep inner, you know, understanding of why we're here? Why did we choose to incarnate at this time? It doesn't have to be something big. Even if that means, you know, running your own farm and having like donkeys and chickens and children and whatever, like that's beautiful. That can be your purpose. You don't have to be this big public speaker on a big stage. That's all right. But I think we've had this time, which takes some time to integrate. Who are we? Who do we really want to be? So I think it's this shift into people getting to know themselves and just like feeling like babies again, to be honest, like feeling we were, we were held for a moment and now we're like leaving the nest again. So it's like leaving our parents' house or like leaving the nest. It's like time to go back out. And it takes a minute to get that momentum going. Cause I remember when the pandemic yeah. hit, that's when I did my road trip and I wasn't really working. I'd gotten those stimulus checks. I was just making money and, um, what not working. And when it was time to start working again, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be doing, you know, web design anymore. I don't want to be doing social media management anymore. What am I going to do? And it was like this pressure cooker. And I was like, all right, Helen, well, you've got a couple more months of savings here. So figure it out. And that's when I launched my first course. And then, you know, really went in on the podcast and, you know, launched my mentorship series, but it was, um, it was in that zone of like, all right, the heat is on, which I yeah. think we're actually entering now. And people are like, okay, I've got some decisions to make. And then it started to feel really good, but it took me a few months to get into the momentum of, of returning to work in, in a way that felt really good. 
And now I'm learning to say no to what doesn't feel good because my old paradigm looked different than it does today. So now I'm saying no, I get tested a lot. I get people saying, will you make a website for me? Or will you run my socials and I'll pay you a lot of money to do it. And I've learning to say, I don't want to do that. I'm not, yeah. I'm here to support women in their growth. Now I'm, I don't want to be doing things that make me feel dull. And my friend Hannah always asks me like on an aliveness scale, how does this make you feel one to 10, 10 being the most alive? How do you feel? And when I get certain inquiries come in and they make me feel like a two, I say no now, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's my kind of understanding of what's going on. I don't know if that applies to you guys as well, but that's kind of what I'm observing is just a shift, a big yeah. shift. I think that that's true. And I think the, you know, as I said, I would ask, what do you want to feel instead? But I think Kelsey and I, and, and you, Helen, we're not doing because we feel like we have to, we're doing because we love it. And I think for those that just want to do nothing. Maybe they just haven't found the thing yet. So I would challenge them to, or invite them. I would give them a nice invitation to, to figure out, as we said in the beginning of this episode, what, what lights you up? What makes you a 10 on the aliveness scale or a nine? Like, what do you want to do? And that involves a lot of introspection and maybe we're not ready to do that yet. But I mean, I sure as hell am all the time. I love introspection as my favorite. Well, not I everybody knows what too. they want even at all. And I remember this being an issue in college when we had to choose our majors. And I remember my friends and family going mm -hmm. through this. They're like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know how to name this. And, How are you supposed to figure yeah. that out, by the way? It, we're like yeah. 20 years old and you're supposed <laughs> to decide what you want to do. Do you know what I would no. have done if I stayed with it? Forensic psychology. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Talk yeah. about depression every day. I'm not that type. <laughs> I thought I was at 20 years old. I thought I was. Yeah. Like we need time to figure it out, guys. Money is too Well, young. I think the same thing is applying now because <laughs> we're going through another phase of like, all right, so we declared our major. We all of a sudden went into accounting or media management, not really knowing who we were yet. And now we're having another questioning come up and another reckoning like, okay, now you can decide again, what's your next like quote unquote major going to be yeah. now that you know yourself. And I think just the, the, the question to jump off is like, what are you naturally curious about? And yeah. What are you like, what books are you picking up when you go to get a book or what are you searching on YouTube or what, you know, who are your favorite bloggers or influencers? What do they represent to you? So that can start to give us some clues as to what really does light us up. If people are feeling confused and we're saying, well, just do what makes you happy. And people are like, I don't really right. know. And I certainly <laughs> don't know how to monetize that. Like, let's just follow our curiosity and see where that takes us. Cause I never thought you know, in a million years that I'd be uh, mentoring people when I was 22. Um, but now looking back, it makes complete sense because everything I was reading was like Eckhart Tolle or Michael Singer or, you know, all these people, I was like eating it up. So now it makes sense. So it's just a matter, I think, of following our curiosities and then just seeing where that takes us. Yeah. I think that's a good non-resistant way to get in the flow <laughs> mm -hmm. instead of like, what is it that you know, lights me up or makes me happy or what's my thing or what's my purpose. It's just like, what are you curious about? Let's start mm -hmm. there. See, see where yeah. it leads. And the whole idea of having a purpose, I think can put a lot of the pressure on us because yeah. it's enough to exist. We don't need to be doing or being or having anything to prove our worthiness. Yeah, It's enough to just exist. So in your existence, what makes you feel alive right now? And, you know, how can you, how can you just lift that up a little bit? Because 
yeah, I think that's a lot of pressure to be like, what is your purpose? I don't even know the answer to that. I, I mean, all know. I can say yeah. is like, I'm, I'm here to be of service and to just help people feel better, honestly. Like yeah. that's all I can say. Um, you know, and it, it can be difficult to pinpoint one word. I've definitely kind of, uh, estranged myself from the word purpose or soul purpose or what, like, I do believe there are things that we are here to do and be and, and, you know, embody, but there isn't just one. Like if I change my mind tomorrow, which could happen, I am excited to see where that goes. Like, I don't say, oh, I guess I failed at this because I thought it was my purpose. And I guess it's not like you can have, you have more than one phase of life. You can have more than one purpose. You can have more than one thing, more than one, you know, embodiment in your life. I think we were supposed to. I think mm-hmm. the, the biggest pitfall is thinking that once you figured it out one time, then that's it. Gosh, I hope that's not true. <laughs> I hope <laughs> I hope I have more to offer, you know, uh, and things that I get newly excited about. The one thing that I like tomorrow could, could be invented tomorrow or could show up tomorrow. I could invent it for the love of God. Like who's to, who's to box me in besides myself? Don't ever box mm-hmm. yourselves in. It's not fun. Yeah, I think it's a good point that you brought up that purpose can feel so uh, pressureful because Pressure, yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's really true. Like, what's my one purpose? What's my purpose right now? What am I supposed to be doing? Like, there is no supposed to. What What do you want to do? And if you don't know, explore. That's fine. You got time. Yeah. All you have is time, you know? <laughs> you get so, to do that. Yeah, I really like that perspective because I think especially in the spiritual self-help, personal development community, it can be so much about finding your purpose, creating your purpose, attracting your purpose, discovering your purpose. And it's like, your purpose is whatever you want to do today. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. that's your purpose. Yeah. I My think purpose so is usually eating a bunch of cheese. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure that's one of the many and I would cheese agree with so that. Good. And oh my gosh, speaking of cheese, <laughs> did you see my Instagram story when I was in Miami? No, girl. Well, I went to this Italian can, restaurant. It. Yes. And this wheel of cheese literally drew me to the restaurant. It was a big thing of Parmesan cheese that they sat out in front of the hostess stand so everyone could see how magnificent this cheese was. And I was like, <laughs> I gotta go there for dinner tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and we went and it was probably the most fun I've ever had at dinner. Like they had us spinning our napkins, clapping along. Like it was a grand old time. So if cheese is your thing, you know, we don't blame you. We're about and it. listen, House, <laughs> yet another example of showing up somewhere seeing something you like and saying you know what i'm gonna go i'm gonna do this thing heck yeah Rather i think than... going for what you like that is so underrated yeah oh and it's they can be such small things like for me i think i'm gonna eat a tray of cheese tonight because why not i want to do that that's good for me today i want to eat at this restaurant tomorrow instead of recycling the old like well, probably it's probably really expensive. I don't know if I'm going to find anything I like, you know, there's so many things. There's so many reasons you could talk yourself out of it. But why are we doing that? That is so not <laughs> in anymore. That is so out of style. That is so 2019. <laughs> <guys>. yes. <laughs> it's so old paradigm. Okay. Do the thing. Jeez. Uh, I would say funny. YOLO, but I don't believe YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. A few, a few rounds here. You only live once as who you are now. That, so Maybe. I'll say that. That's as far as I'll go. 
Well, you think there's like another life where I could be Lindsay? Because I would do that. Well, I would go around this ride again. Well, I love Matt Kahn. And I watched this YouTube video of his, or I don't know if it was a talk or if it was in one of his books. And he was explaining this concept of meta incarnation, where instead of just reincarnating as a different person with a different life, you reincarnate as yourself, the same person, same family. And every time you have deja vu, you're just remembering a choice point and you get to like choose it different. I do I agree like, that deja whoa. vu is a choice point, but I Ooh. never considered it as cool. like, is that the, but isn't that the same could be the same thing as like multiple dimensions of you happening at the same time? Yeah, I think so. Cause I, I'm, I'm on board with that as well. There's a version of me that has a daughter probably <laughs> <laughs> instead of me having three boys, which I love, I love my boys. But like, if I were to think of another possibility for me, it would be, oh, yeah, she probably got the daughter. Huh? Good for her. Oh, <laughs> I know. Cute. Look, I still got time, but my husband's very much like nay-nay on the whole thing. <laughs> we'll see. Mm-hmm. I oh. like that idea, though, that meta meta incarnations. I'll have to look into that because we don't know anything, do we? We don't know. It's fun to just like contemplate like, oh, maybe that's how it is. Cool. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think really it's so funny when people get so upset about things like this. Like you don't know anything. And I love not knowing, first of all. I love not knowing. I love learning something new like this and being like, oh my gosh, maybe. You know, mm-hmm. the only thing I don't want to know is that I know. <laughs> I don't want to know that I know everything. Then what is there left? I'm a learner. I think a lot of our listeners are learners. And I want to know that there's something new to be discovered at all times or a new, a new idea that you could munch on for a little while. Is that what they call it? Munch on it? Chew on it? It's one way. I like Remember it. when we said brain juice? <laughs> oh, no, I actually don't flowing. remember. Oh gosh, I'll never forget it. Oh, and I just said it again. Well, this anyway. has been great, Helen. On that note, you're awesome. <laughs> I feel like, in summary, this whole conversation has really been about embracing your unique life path. And so, on that choosing note, to do that. Yes. Yeah. On that note, what would you say is a piece of wisdom, or a tidbit, or a little advice? that you want to drop in everyone's earbuds before we exit the conversation as far as embracing your unique path? Hmm. Well, something really simple that I just started to, you know, just to test out, you know, so I was noticing what my authentic patterning was, was to just like, as I'm driving or as I'm like watching something, I'll say, I like that, or I don't like that, or I like that, or I like that, or I don't like that. And start to kind of take inventory about what I authentically am drawn toward and what I'm not. Like, are my friends all going out drinking? Like usually I would say, oh, I like that. I'm down to go. And when I really think about it, I'm like, I don't really like drinking that much anymore. Or, you know, so that's just an example of starting to get clear on what you actually like and what you don't like. And, um, I think there's a lot to be said for creating a good old vision board once in a while and just revisiting your desires and seeing it spread out, you know, in a tangible and really artistic way and, and letting that, you know, just revisiting that every six months or so and getting clear on, on your journey forward and and getting excited about where you're going too, because I think clarity for me has been everything like, um, just getting clear on what I, what I even want. I think not many people or maybe they do. Sometimes we don't even know what we want. So if we could just get clear on what our desire is, we can start moving forward in a way that feels better for us. And there are some tools for that that are really helpful. So maybe that answers, maybe that's a little piece of nugget of wisdom. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. It's like to play your own game. I like that. I do like (laughs) that. That's a really like fun and simple, but potent practice, right? Mm -hmm. Of discerning what you like and what you don't like and 
Isn't and that letting wrong? it be okay. I think strokes just, for different folks, you know? I think we're we all just, unique. I feel the need to emphasize so much. Like, it is okay if you don't like something. It is okay if you do like something. Like, I think half the battle is my friends are going out to drink. I usually go with them. I don't want to go tonight. But should I anyway? Like, no, it's okay that you don't want to go. Give yourself permission more, more to be who the hell you are because that's why we're here. So I just... I want to emphasize like it's okay no matter what you're feeling you're allowed to feel the thing there's a reason you're feeling the thing and it's your kind of your responsibility to honor the thing because that's the name of the game really no one else can do it for you no one's gonna do it for you people don't know what you want either if you don't know think about how much less other people know (laughs) about (laughs) what you want (laughs) yeah give yourself permission to let it be okay because you don't have to do anything that you don't want to do ever that's mm-hmm. the beauty of being in this life now. Like you don't really have to. Yeah. And that only leads you closer to your true like soul family, because I'm seeing this with my clients as they come in, they, they, you know, they're like, I don't know kind of what I'm up to and what I'm doing, but this is clearly not working. And as they start to say no to things, their life starts to change. And they'll text me and they'll be like, Helen, my, all my relationships are falling apart. And like, I'm changing jobs and all these things. I'm like, go honey. Like that's exactly what needs to be happening because you're starting to say yes to your authenticity. And you've been saying yes to someone else's story for so long that now that you get to know yourself and you know what you actually like, your life's going to change and it's going to be uncomfortable, but you're going to be a lot happier in the end. So yeah. that's, and yeah, the space the will get filled. Image. Like, I think that's mm. the scary thing is once I lose or perceive that I've lo- lost these relationships or this, this, there's a big hole in my life where these things that maybe didn't fit me so well were there occupying the space. Well, now what the space will get filled and it will get filled with things beyond your, you know, beyond your wildest dreams of things that actually match you. Imagine mm-hmm. that. Short-term oh, pain for the long-term gain. Yes. Mm-hmm. I feel like Jeff said that to me before. I don't know why that popped into my head right now. I like it. It's like it that really sounds like a football motto, but I'm going with it because it sounds good yeah. in this context. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the best, the best sayings apply to more than one area. <laughs> yeah. I mean, professional athletes, they know dummies. They know how to visualize. They know how to focus on a goal. They know how to win at what they're going for. So I think I take away some cool little sayings from his old world. But oh my gosh, this has been so fun. Should we go over to the Patreon for a few minutes? Give we a should. couple extra goodies. Okay, sweet. Um, I think that's it. Do you have any announcements, Linz? You look like you want to say I something. Know, well, I don't want to forget, Helen, you have a thing, don't you, for the audience? Oh, um, let's see. What I'm is? not sure. Sh- uh, I have a free workbook if, if that's what you're thinking of. I think it is. Hold on. My window's being silly. Uh, I think it's the five, yeah. Five tools you need to start your subconscious healing journey. Is that still? Ooh, like it. Oh yeah. That's evergreen. So that's just, if they go to my website, they'll see that pop right up. Okay. We'll put it in the description. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Go mm-hmm. to the link in the description. We always post awesome links in the description, but go to Helen's link and you can get a free gift. Yay. Thank you for doing that. That's so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're going to head over to the Patreon, you guys. We love you. Have a great day. And anyone who joins our Patreon in the month of September is entered into a drawing to win a book for me and a free month of membership from Lindsay. And the Patreon is just awesome. So follow us there, patreon.com. It's just Hi awesome. Bye. It's just awesome. That's all. Bye, guys. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning into the show and being a part of our high vibe in it community. 
Make sure if you're loving this episode or any episode to subscribe. Every week we're coming out with new content for you guys. And you can also join our email list. So lindsayrobinson.com, kelseyaida.com. We send email reminders every week about the episodes if you want to be also in the loop that way. And be sure to connect with us on social at Lindsay Robinson and at Kelsey Aida. And of course, if you guys want to join the Patreon to get bonus content, extended episodes on video and exclusive hangouts and things that we only give to our VIPs, you can join at patreon.com slash high vibe. You can start for as little as three bucks a month. So super easy, super quick and super fun to be there. Also, leave us a review. If you guys love this episode or any of our episodes, go tell us about it in the reviews and share with a friend that needs it. We love you guys. We'll see you next week and have a great one.